Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. So now it's my great pleasure to introduce to you our guest speaker for today, Imam Muhammad Bakesh. I hope I did uh, pronounce that correctly. I should have asked you. Mujahid, Mujahid, there you go. Okay, <laughs> Imam Mujahid Bakesh. Uh, Imam Bakesh was born in Lebanon and migrated to the US Fort Worth here directly in 1982. Um, he's a teacher, a speaker, an author, educating speaker, all, uh, people all over the world about Islam. He has served as a member of several interfaith groups, including the Fort Worth Faith-Based Committee, Fort Worth Human Relations Commission, Tarrant County Sheriff's Chaplain's Office, and the Circle of Clergy, where um, the Imam and I first met. And he's an uh, accredited family, medi family mediator and qualified arbitrator, served as a president of the Islamic Tribunal from 2015 to 2020, and is currently the director of Mediation Institute of North Texas. In 2003, he was recognized as pastor of the day and became the first Islamic clergy to do an opening prayer for the State House of Representative, Representatives in Austin. Please join me in welcoming Imam Bakesh. My last name easy to pronounce Bakesh. Back, never forget, and cash no checks. <laughs> That's easy, the easiest way. So you say, What's your name, Imam? I forgot. Back cash. Money talks. I'm very blessed, I'm very honored to be your guest today. And believe me, I reviving the spirit before corona that we all the time we exchange the visitation the church people come to the mosque we go to the churches we go to the synagogues and not only that are limited to us as adults but we also extend it to our children so that's when i suggested to the interfaith community we have in fort worth we are clergies, we meet, and we discuss issues concern our communities. But uh, what about next generation? We are growing, we're getting old and retiring, then we need to, the same spirit to be delivered and live among our children. So why not to have 35 child from Muslims, Jewish, and Christian? That TCU, Dr. Tim and Pastor Tim at that time, so to bring them and go by revelations, to go to the synagogue first, Judaism, Prophet Moses, then we go to the church, and then to Jesus, and that go to the mosque, and uh, Muslims and Muhammad, peace be upon all of them, out of respect whenever 
We mention any name of any prophet, we say, peace be upon him. And everybody agreed to that. And we practiced this more than 14 years. You see how? So we go to the synagogue, and the Jewish children would explain Judaism to the Muslim and the Christian. And then we go to the church in TCU, and the Christian children will explain, not adults, the pastor and the rabbi and the imam, we are there to support and help our children in case they have questions, could not answer to help them to answer it right. So the Christian will explain uh, Christianity to the Muslim children and uh, Jewish, and then finally, this program, once a year we do it, to finalize it in the mosque, behind Central Market, nobody can miss that. And Muslim children explain Islam to the Christian and Jewish, and with the parents and the families and the leaders, very beautiful and very encouraging spirit. Honestly, believe me, even the family, some families, I'm very sure, Christian or Jewish, and Muslim the same, that I know I'm hesitated about this idea. Imam, you are crazy. I said, let be crazy in the sake of God. There's no, no craziness here. We work for him, actually, all of us, to serve his. But later on, they changed their mind when they saw our children. From the first meeting in the synagogue, Rabbi Ralph Mecklenburger, Bethel Temple on Hewlin, that, oh, wow. They were like friends. They know each other a long time before we get to know each other as clergies. That spirit I'm really missing. And after now, Corona, this is the first time for me, or maybe the second time, to be in a church. I'm very honored and very blessed to be with you here. And uh, it's very simple. When you talk about religion, any, you're swimming in ocean. So it's not easy within 15, 20 minutes, maximum 12, 30 minutes, that to speak about everything. But mainly, I printed actually uh, three pages paper here that makes some copies according to my ability to give you an idea what the Muslims believe in, the articles of faith, and also the last page are the names of the prophets that the Muslims, wherever they are living, must believe in this. The articles of faith, there's no dispute about it. Muslim living in America, living in Europe, living in Australia, living in Mecca, doesn't matter. They must believe in these articles of faith, and these are the prophets, of, the names of the prophets mentioned in the Holy Quran. And God says, I send many beyond this number and these names. So the basic to start with, and which is the most important to say, what the Muslims believe in. Because me as a Kappa, Clergy and Police Alliance, we've been trained in the police academy 13 weeks. We were 17 clergy when we have uh, the ex-Chief Mendoza. God bless him. He created this program, how to reduce the crime uh, in the city of Fort Worth by using the clergies. So I was one of the group of the 17 to be trained in the police academy in downtown Fort Worth. And one of the activities we do, we volunteer one hour, two hours, four hours, whatever, according to my schedule and his schedule, her schedule, that to, be, to have rides with the officers. And I realized, really, uh, how much we don't know about each other. So when I tell the officer, I believe in Jesus. Imam, you believe in Jesus too? No, really, I didn't know that. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Every Muslim must believe in Jesus. But we believe him as prophet of God and servant of God. And his holy mother, to say Mary, 
is the only name of a woman among the 114 chapters in the Holy Quran. We have one of the chapters to call Mary. And you can go and read and see, telling us the story from A to Z, how Mary, peace be upon her, that she got pregnant and she delivered, how Jesus was born and how was his mission and so on in details. Unbelievable. But to me, to see an officer that not to know one after another or different colleagues or different programs or different, they don't know that Muslims believe in Jesus. I'm very honored today to explain to you something and what we have the prophet, not only in Jesus, peace be upon him and upon all the prophets, but we have list of names of prophets, the whole page, to see what the biblical name and what the Quranic name. When we say, for example, in Arabic, we say, Nuh, Noah. The pronunciation may be different. When you say uh, Idris, Enoch, in the Bible. When you say Saleh, Saleh. When we say Ibrahim, Abraham. Ismail, Ishmael. Ishaq, Isaac. Yaqub, Jacob. Uh, when you say Lut, Lot. When you say Yaqub, okay, we said that. When you say Ayub, Job. Job. When you say Musa, Moses. When you say Harun, Aaron. When you say Zilkifl, Ezekiel, in the Bible. When you say Dawood, David, Sulaiman, Solomon. When you say Elias, Elias is the same almost to say. Elisha, uh, Elisa, Elisha, Yunus, Jonah, Zachariah, Zachariah, Yahya, John, Isa, Jesus, in Arabic name, Isa. Can we say that, Isa? It means in English, Jesus. Peace be upon all of them. And the last one, Muhammad. So the Muslims, they must believe in six articles. Very important. He cannot, she cannot, they cannot be Muslims if they do not believe in this. Number one, to believe in the creator. In Arabic name, his name Allah. I know, been here 40 years, the gray hair, I was 27 years old when I came from Lebanon to be imam of the community. And this really, Allah, Arab name, this is whatever. In Arabic language, what the name of God? Your God in Arabic called him what? Whether Christian or Muslim. His name, Allah. I'm from Lebanon, 50, 50 Christian Muslims. By the way, we used to play around the church all my life when I was a child with the other kids. And one time, at that time, they used to ring the bell, you know, and the rope outside of the building, and the bell to move this way. Now they push the bottom. That's it. <laughs> At that time, we watched the man when he do this every Sunday or every occasion, whatever, the, uh, Christmas, whatever. Then one time we said, kids, let's do the same. Okay? Hold together to the rope. We did different times. It works. That time, all of us hold, yeah, pull down, and I'm holding, they release it. Pull me up, I drop, I quit. <laughs> I said, oh, scary movie here. <laughs> Forget about it. But that's what I used to watch when I was a kid to see uh, the pastor on Sunday stand at the door to welcome the members of the church. And... Uh, the ladies, they used to have their cover in their purse and they put it 
and he will not allow them to get inside the church until they cover. Oh, wow, really? I was a kid. I didn't understand that, what exactly. Very common because Muslim women, they cover too. So today I'm going to share with you something. I have somebody one time in uh, South Fort Worth here that uh, there is a funeral home on James Road. Uh, gave me the Bible in 1984. We used to have our wash the body of the Muslims who died in that funeral. So one time he gave me the Bible, and until now I still have it. So I use it and I read it to see, and sometimes would give lectures to the Muslims to see what Krishna said, what, you know, like we have Christmas, for example. We have, you know, Jesus and a lot of things. So I discovered that really there is a verse in the Bible talking about head cover. So I want you, I mean, I'm telling you this why, because when you see a Muslim woman covering, should not be something new. But you should be familiar with it because you have it in the Bible. Now it's left to the person. Not, we're not watching Iran here, it's against, absolutely. You know, by the way, I'm very thankful to our government to force the Saudis that to dismiss the religious police because it never happened Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, his life ever or after the leaders of the Muslims at that time to establish a police to force the women to cover or force the people to pray. In Saudi Arabia, we grew up with it. Pray, prayer, prayer, go shut the down of the store and go to pray. Who got this? Who did this? And their scholars, they kept their mouth shut. This is not religious. This is the cultural packages. That's our problem. I want you to understand this very clear. Muslims affected by the culture packages more than, and dominating their life, more than the simplicity of the practicing of the teaching of Islam. So don't take it, this is what Islam is about. What's going on in Iran about, absolutely condemned and rejected by religious, not have to be non-Muslim to condemn it, or a human right, it is God Almighty, never ever forced anybody. He said, this is the book, this is the messenger, and I give you the freedom of choice, you choose, and your decision, whatever you decide, you and God will work. We have nothing to do with it. Our job to remind you, remind myself and my family and everybody, that's what we have, let's try. Yet we are human beings, nobody is perfect. God only is perfect. But we have to try our best. When we do mistake or commit a sin, we repent, we ask forgiveness. All of us, we need that. And that's the relationship between us and God. And live your life, enjoy your life within the code of respect whether as a family, husband and wife, parents and children, or worshiping, nobody can interfere with you, you are, you are a God. I don't have to go to Imam, or I don't have to go to any man or any to confess. I confess to him directly 24 seven, he's waiting for me to ask of him. And he's ready to forgive me. He's forgiving God, merciful God. In Arabic, his name Allah, in English, God. In French, Dieu, I speak French in Lebanon all my life, and Dios in Spanish. I don't know what the brothers in Japanese and Chinese they call him, but we're talking about the creator of the universe, the one who created all of us, and he is the one who controlled everything. His wisdom, we are told in the Bible, told in the Torah of Moses, and the Quran of Muhammad, peace be upon all of them, many stories and many signs of his power and his ability and his wisdom. He can do whatever he wants, anytime he wishes. We are limited, that's a very important point, we are limited in all senses. We don't know what's going on outside of these walls. But he's not limited. So don't try to put yourself, I have to understand God in full, you cannot. You are limited in ability. You have some, 
to understand. God blesses us with many blessings. We know some of it, but we don't know everything that he blesses us with. We have the ability to talk, to walk, to eat, to hear and smell, whatever, but we have a lot of things behind. You want to know some of it? Go to visit hospitals and see how the God bless us. We are sitting here healthy, eating, talking, laughing, and everything, while others in the hospital cannot move from their bed in the hospital. So these kind of things, I mean, very simple. To be very simple, humbly, to submit ourselves to God. That's what Islam is about. To submit ourselves to God, he knows better. When he says this, do it, don't do it. That's when come to the law of prohibitions. For example, come to that and to show that basically we have. So, number one, to believe in God. I have to believe in God. I remember, I like to watch Little House on the Prairies. <laughs> really, honestly, long times. From Lebanon, I used to watch and wait for it. Okay, why? Because you can see what exactly, whether the Torah of Moses or the Gospel of Jesus or the Quran of Muhammad, all of them, the God message, that how the parents deal with the children, how the children must respect the parents and respect the elders. You know, one time I was eating in uh, what's called IHOP. When I entered, I teach my children that I have two uh, girls and one boy, adults, two of them married, one of them, and one of them uh, work in media, journalist, and the second psychology. psychology. The third one uh, was called uh, house something in UTA. I'm not very familiar with that field, but anyway. So to, when, you, when you enter a house, the children will open the door to the parents or the elders. Older than you, when you walk together on the same floor, the younger will say, hi, good morning, salam alaikum, whatever, and the other respond. This out of respect, good, of respect. So she opened the door for my daughter, you know, Tasneem. She's married now, <laughs> okay, opened the door of the IHOP. My wife entered, ladies first, I entered after that. And then we are sitting eating, these two seniors, they came to say, sir, can I talk to you? I said, yes, what's going on? He said, and his wife next to him, he said, you know, can I hug your daughter? I said, yes, go ahead, please. Why my daughter, not my wife, be careful. <laughs> Why my daughter? No, because when we entered, she opened the door for us, we entered, she realized they are coming too. And she kept opening the door, please go ahead first. I want to say thank you to them, to her. I was very proud of my daughter now. That not only she respected her parents, but she respected the elders to be first. This is a simple issue, but it means a lot to me as a parent and my wife. We were very happy and God bless you. And I have to give her $50 to, to buy a gift. <laughs> we believe in angels of God. We must believe in angels of God. We don't see them. But God says we have angels. God created them and different missions, different names. We can go in details much more than that. But we believe in angels. This one of the, of the second article of faith. Every Muslim in the world must believe in that. If a Muslim will say, I'm a Muslim, but I don't believe in angels because I don't see them. I'm sorry, you are not Muslim. You are out. Third one, to believe in the books of God. The books of God, the Psalms of David, Torah of Moses, Gospel of Jesus, and Quran of Muhammad. Not only Quran. All these books. We believe in that, these divine books. 
That's what from the Quran, God revealed many verses in the Quran to talk about the people of the book. Because in some areas, they have special rules and regulations about lawful and prohibitions, issued by the way, of eating, marriage, drinking, and so on. We'll come to that a little bit. We must believe in the messengers of God and the prophets of God. God sent many prophets and many messengers. We have 25 names mentioned in the Holy Quran. That's the list I have. It will be good for your knowledge to be aware of that, as we mentioned already this morning. And then we believe in the day of judgment. That's going to happen. And we live that life. It doesn't matter how long I live. <coughs> 70 years, 100 years will be famous on ABC or NBC to say, oh, 105 years, what? But one day, that gate, everybody is going to go through. It's called death. Whether Muslim, Christian, Jewish, atheist, doesn't matter. As a creation of God, you have to go through that gate called death. The question will be, what after? So this stage of life, to come in the womb of the mothers, deliver us, to live on the ground, to grow up, to become professional, famous, you name it. Then after that, to go underground. Before the day of judgment, that's called in Arabic, in Quranic terms, called barzakh, transition life. Not above the ground, not heaven or hell, but it is underground until the day of judgment of resurrection to happen. We believe in the day of resurrection. Also that we believe in the divine uh, predestination that God, in his hand, in his knowledge, he's the one who's controlling everything, but we don't know what will happen. God knows what's happening, what will happen before it happened, and what happened before. So what happened, what's happening, what will happen? We don't know what will. We wait for the news to tell us. We have a brother in our community, God bless his soul now, he passed away. He reserved a ticket to go to Florida, to California. He missed the flight. He's a businessman. And he felt very bad and unbelievable. And this, his wife told me the story. And the airplane did not arrive to California airport. Crashed. I said, come on here, let me sit and talk. In front of the community on Sunday, like we have Sunday school and public and lecture, I said, do you see, God, wish you not to go there. But you don't know what God planned for you. So, when you miss something, you try your best. Exert your effort, your experience, your knowledge, your money, whatever. Didn't happen? Be, be thankful to God anyway. You cannot change it, but there is something behind that will happen, or will be better for you maybe, that you are still alive among us here. So reserve another place, another ticket, another seat, another airline. We believe in the life after death. That will be the, the end of it forever. This life is temporary, as I said, whatever the number of the years, but there is a life forever. What forever? None of us can understand what forever. Define to me what uh, forever. Tell me 10 million, billions, trillions, I understand the one, two. But to say forever, wow, there's no life, come back here again. There's another life. And now explained in the holy books, not only Quran, in the holy books, every prophet told his community about that. We have in our Quran explanation about heaven and about hell, and the prophet explained to us how to work to get the heaven, how to avoid hell, and through social, personal, individual. So you have to pray to God. Don't tell me I'm going to be evil person and I'm going to God to get put me in heaven. 
I'm sorry, but nobody business to interfere to say, you're going to hell or going to heaven or paradise. It's not my business. Our business to talk to each other, to respect each other, inform each other, and whatever can help. I'm very happy to hear that. You distribute food, you distribute whatever to help the refugees, to help the needy, hungry, whatever. This is one of the good cause, and we do the same. I hope that one day we can put our hand together to help and increase that support. I don't care about, as a Muslim, as a Christian, as an atheist, he's in need. She's in need. They need the family. We have that. So these are the articles of belief of Muslim, any Muslim in the world we have, and the Prophet's names. <clears throat> when we have <coughs> duties, we pray five times a day. Just to know general rules and regulations we have, we must pray five times a day. One before the sunrise, noontime, later afternoon, after the sunset immediately, and night after one hour and a half, two hours after that will be. And each prayer will not take more than five, seven minutes. Whether you pray in the mosque, it depends on the imam. When I'm leading the prayer now, that's what the imam is. Imam means the leader. So if I pray and I, have, I memorize the whole Quran, I have to be merciful to those behind me. And that's what the prophet said 1,400 years ago. Because you have somebody behind you who had to go to the bathroom or to get the medicine or have to go to job or to sleep or whatever. So don't recite that long verses. Okay, be short and be brief so they can leave. But let them hear it. So encourage them to come. If the pastor, with my respect, will recite the whole Bible, to, I'm not going to come back to the church. Forget it. You know? So we have the natural human being. And we have a lot of things busy now. It's not like there used to be all days, you know, we have a lot of times. Now, stop and go. Finish. That's an electronic and so on. So this really, to pray five times a day, will not take more than five to seven minutes. You communicate between you and God, my wife and God, and this we are equal here in the eyes of God. Maybe my wife better than me in worshiping God or committed and reading Quran more than me and whatever. This is not because a man or a woman here, but everybody in the area of God, worshiping that who is better, better worship, he's the better in the eyes of God. We must pray five times a day. Also that we fast the month of Ramadan. These are the five duties of every Muslim must practice that. This article of belief, this article of practicing. So to pray five times a day, to fast one month every year, one month is called Ramadan, number nine of the Islamic calendar. We have 12 months. Number nine is called Ramadan. To fast 29 or 30 days, lunar calendar like the Jewish. Okay, the lunar calendar that we have. So uh, we follow that. Uh, so we fast, not all the day. One day I was in uh, TCU speaking, and we said we fast all, uh, 29 or 30 days. And one of the students said, oh my God, you're still alive, Imam? You don't eat? You don't drink? I said, no eating, no drinking, no sex, nothing. What? You're still alive, sir? I said, I'm sorry, time out. What the? I said, we start the fasting before the sunrise, and we attack the food after sunset immediately. We have the whole night to eat until next day, so don't worry about it. You can eat whatever you want. But that's the time of fasting. It is a symbolic of submission to the order of God, and fasting in our religion, telling, telling us in the Holy Quran that, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu kutiba alaykum as-siyamu kama kutiba ala ladheena min qablikum la'allakum tattakoon. 
this or you believe uh, fasting is ordained upon you as it was ordained upon those before you, before the Jews and the Christians. You fast, Jesus fasted, we say, upon 40 days. Moses the same. So we fast 29 or 30 days. This is very common. And when I hear and I read the, the verse, as it was prescribed upon those before, so I'm not the only one to fast. But the point, who's practicing fasting, that's the difference make different. Also, we have uh, to pay zakah, which called that uh, duty that to calculate is not taxes. But in the system, very similar. That two and a half percent. There is specific, the minimum amount. One Islamic calendar you pass over, this amount and whatever above, you have to pay two and a half percent to the needy, to the whatever. We have eight categories of recipients decreed by God, not me or any imam. Okay? God says you give the poor, the needy, and uh, one was, uh, a lot of things, eight categories. So it's not my uh, all choice that to pay or not. It's a duty to pay if I have that amount. To do what? To purify the rest of your wealth. And also create balance in the society. Too much rich, richness or too much poverty, the crime rate will be high in the society. So this, when you pay the rich, pay, pay this 2.5%, the balance, everybody love and respect and living in peace and very important issue, just basically. Final duty, hajj or pilgrimage. That to perform pilgrimage once a lifetime, if possible, possibility physical, mental, and financial. To go to Mecca and that season of hajj, to circumambulate around the Kaaba, the cubic building built by Prophet Abraham and his son Ishmael, peace be upon both of them, and this symbolically to do whatever he did, ever the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, follow that, and we follow the same thing. And sacrifice sign issue and story came from that area, basically. We believe that sacrifice sign is Ishmael. He was the first son, not Isaac. This is one of the differences maybe we have. So these are the basic uh, points. I think I took too much time to talk about. But prohibited, we are not allowed to drink alcohol. We're not allowed to eat whatever, uh, ham, bacon. So when we go to a restaurant, we have to ask anything, product, from this Lard, L-A-R-D. One time I was crazy. I wear my official crown of imam and with the huge turban. And I went to the fast food, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, uh, <laughs> you name it. And I said, I'm the imam of the Islamic community in Fort Worth on Hewlett here. And I would like to see your grill. Do you have uh, any bacon with it? And they mixed 100%. Except only uh, one, I'm not going to say the name, that refused to cooperate. But everybody, the manager, oh, take him, look at me this way. And, oh, this is the grill we cook here. We cook, yeah, that's, everything's safe? That's good, thank you. One time I asked the ingredient book from McDonald's. And I found on page number six in the booklet of the ingredients that they have, the bounces have lard, L-A-R-D, which is part of the swine. So I had to tell the Muslim, do not eat McDonald's. And the kids, they like to go McDonald's, you know that. But that small toy here and the playing ground and so on. So I said, don't eat. And our community, especially the non-Arabic, I mean, uh, Pakistanis, Indian, very insensitive to this issue. And the general manager of the, our area, they came, she came to our, my office, Imam, what's going on? I said, because you have this. We cannot eat it. This God prohibited us. Oh, really? We worked, and they sent me envelopes from, I don't know, headquarters, what state they have, about this. And after six months, they changed the ingredients. 
then I have to tell the whole community in North Texas, not only our mosque here, that to say, now we have this, go ahead and buy McDonald's now. No problem. It's not prohibited. <laughs> this very period. But this is really very important. Somebody, I was talking to a TCU student one time, said, Imam, you never drink alcohol in your life? Kind of beer? I said, listen, I learned in America, I've been living this time in America here, three things make you happy in America. You drink alcohol, you have women, and you have sports. I said, I can't be happy without you know, having alcohol. <laughs> I have my wife enough. <laughs> and one wife, by the way, okay? So somebody, how many wives you married? No, no, one will be enough. And I'm very blessed. We just came from Canada. Her brother passed away. She's in Canada now with her family. And I tried to marry in Lebanon, by the way. It didn't work because her father said, how much do you have in your pocket? I said, you know, I'm not rich. I just graduated. And I just started. I said, no, forget about it. Okay, your application is denied. Okay, I tried to marry in Egypt. When I was still in Egypt, my mother didn't like that. I said, okay, mom, don't worry about it. Okay. My uncle is a millionaire. He said, I travel a lot. You are going to America now. Don't commit yourself to anybody. Go there, rest, and establish yourself. Then look at the marriage. I have conference in 1983 in Toronto. I went there, and the wife of the imam, we came 10 imams to North America, America and Canada. So uh, his wife said, why not to marry imam? Why not to marry? I said, you have a wife? I didn't know that the woman intelligent office department faster than FBI and CIA. <laughs> Within 24 hours, they found a family. They have a girl and two boys. Wow, in Toronto, from Hamilton, close to Niagara Falls, one hour driving, let's go and drive, 17th floor, that building. I entered the house, her father said, Sheikh Mohammed Bakhaj, who's to you? I said, my father. He, he said, me and your father, we were students together in the elementary, middle, and high school. I said, no way. After all this time to find your daughter, I said, I didn't see her yet, my wife. I said, I'm going to marry your daughter 50% decided, khalas. I want to see her now. You see? And we saw her, we talked, I'm imam. He said, I know your father. My father used to be a judge in triple eleven, huh? So he's very well known. And you are imam in Fort Worth? I don't care, I worry about my daughter. God bless you, and I will be very honored to. And we married, 1983 until now. And that's really a blessing to see, to see your wife because she speaks English better than me, okay? <laughs> she helped me a lot too, by the way, still, by the way. So this is what I have, I think, to say basically with the law of the prohibition. I realize that I will say this, inshallah, to you, and we'll finish. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number six, verse four, it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. This is in the Bible. Book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 4. In the book of St. Matthew, chapter 10, verse 32 and 33, he is in heaven. We believe the same. I want to see how much we are close. He's God, okay? He's one God, and he's in heaven. Also, we have about the hijab, the book of Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 4 and to 9 about the head of the man, the head of woman, the whole page in the Bible. It says about it. So don't be surprised when you see a woman wearing hijab. This is absolutely, it means, I never saw a picture of Mother Mary, peace be upon her, without head cover. I challenge you, give me one picture. I never saw that. As I said, I'm from Lebanon, 50% Christian and Muslims. So this very, when I, I mean, see and hear 
oh, what is hijab? This symbol of oppression, of this God's order. And you have it in the Bible too. But there's different understanding or different uh, way of pressing. Also that we have, he, there is nothing like unto him. We have it in our Quran, chapter 112. You have it there in the book of Exodus, chapter 8, verse 10. There is none like unto him, unto the Lord, our God. This is the Bible language. So we have a lot of common things I'm talking about to work together about the halal and haram, the lawful and the prohibited things. In the Bible, I was surprised. I only, the only first I meet, we have, you know, TACC, Interfaith Community, for a long time. I never had any preacher to speak about the law of prohibitions and the lawfulness in the Christian uh, belief on the Bible, except Joel Osteen in Houston. You know that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm looking forward now to meet again with our own current and uh, local uh, leaders to see what, why, why he said so. Then I found out in the Bible. I was surprised, really, when it says in the book of Leviticus and book of Deuteronomy, chapter 11, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 11, verse 7 and 8, that of their flesh shall not be eaten and whatever, and not to found, they are unclean to you. So we have the same principles, not too much really out, but maybe the Arabic language or the Quranic words, but we talk about the God, his God. It's the same rules to you or to me and to everybody. It's up to us now how far to go and how to. What really my concern, I'll finish with this, that our children, we need to bring ourselves together because we are growing, getting older, and we're going to go. But we need our children who born, grown up here, educated here, and with your children, they work together in the same company maybe, or they go to some school. So how to live together with the same spirit that we are living and enjoying our relationship. May God Almighty bless you, bless your gathering, bless your leadership, bless us all, and protect us from any evil, protect our children, and bring the best to all of us, because he is the one who can bring the best, and in his name we pray. In Arabic, the same translation of the English to Arabic, Bismik Allahumma nad'uk. In your name, we pray. When I did the cowboy stock show radio, 2015, big noise, okay? Uh, when I said, in your name we pray, two gentlemen and lady, uh, gentleman and his wife behind me came down and said, Imam, this is how you pray? I said, yes. Oh, in the city of Fort was also the mayor when we opened the session with the prayer, being done different times. This way, I said, yes. Oh, thank you very much. So what you are thinking to say this to me, why are you saying this? I mean, you don't have any idea what we pray or what we say. We pray in his name too. That's what we say and what we pray and wish the best. We got, ask God to accept our efforts, bless our gathering here. If anybody would like to communicate with me, I have my business card here. No business. I'm not charging you, okay? <laughs> but just to communicate and really to know each other better. And thank you very much. And God bless your family. Wassalamu alaikum. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you so much, Imam. What, a, what an honor to have you here today, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. It's just wonderful to have spiritual leaders from other religions and just come to our church, our unity community, and just recognize how similar we are, rather than getting stuck in the differences so often. 
So I'll be uh, leading our meditation for today, just in, um, as we do traditionally. So if it's comfortable for you, just take a moment and relax your body. Take a deep breath. Close your eyes if that's comfortable and turn inward for a moment. Let the Imam's message sink in. Find the words of wisdom as they resonate with you. Allow the faith, the practices of the Islam faith to sink in for yourself. Together, let us open our hearts, our minds. Find the harmony between all religions, all faiths, all paths. There's only one God, one creation of all, and we are part of that. Together we pray and meditate as we do now We stand strong in our faith and practice as we see fit. We commune with God in perfect oneness and follow the path that we choose. Every breath is a gift. Every smile is a joy. Every laughter is the grace of God smiling upon us. So as we learn to set aside our differences, we find joy in those things where we connect. 
we uplift our thoughts and feelings, to inform our actions. Whether it be at home, at school, at work, at the church, at the mosque, at the synagogue. We become one, one in spirit, one in faith, one in making this world a better place. And in the words of Paul, finding the peace that passes all understanding. We harmonize, we unify, and we give thanks together. For a moment, we find that peace within ourselves. Set aside any argument, any judgment, and surrender. Submit ourselves to the peace of God to find peace in our world. In gratitude, we embrace the followers of all faiths, all paths. And we reach out with an open hand and open arms and welcome everyone into our fold. So let us take another breath, breathe in the infinite opportunity to be loving and kind, to be open and curious, and to be present to what is in front of us. In the name and nature of all the prophets, May peace be among all of them. We bring ourselves back into this moment and smile at the opportunity to be the best we can possibly be. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.